Hey, hey, everybody, it's Neville Medora here with the Swipes email for Friday, December 2nd, 2022. And the Swipes email is, of course, a swipe, wisdom, interesting picture, essay, and a sketch. Let's get started with the swipe. So one dog year is seven human years. That's what I've always heard. But apparently that's not true or not really totally accurate. And it really depends on the species, cat or dog, and its weight. And this super cool chart kind of clarifies that statement with more info based on the weight. I've never just seen it laid out so easily. So you can easily see how old your pet is based on its weight and age in human years. It's kind of cool. Uh, so how old is your pet? According to this, you respond to this email. Let me know. Um, also, how do you, how old do you think this little guy is? I'm, I'm going to see if anyone gets it right. There's a picture of me holding little Shih Tzu over here. <laughs> here's a, here's a little thing of wisdom. It's a story and a piece of wisdom. So this is a funny story. How over the years I've swung the price of this book called this is Earl Nightingale from $15 to over $450 several times back and forth. So currently, if you search this book at the time of my writing this, uh, it's $244 for the hardcover version of the book. I'm sure you could get this on Google Books or download the pirated uh, ebook for free or something like that. But the point is, I always liked having the physical copy of this book and my version is actually signed. And so five days ago, it was about $20, but right now the hardcover is 244. So what's going on? So I talk about this book all the time and I originally bought a copy about 15 years ago. I don't exactly remember when, but it was signed by the author Earl Nightingale, which I really liked. And Earl Nightingale, by the way, if you don't know, go on YouTube and type in The Strangest Secret Earl Nightingale and listen to that 30-minute recording. This is like an iconic thing. It was one of the first uh, uh, printed or sorry, records to go platinum besides the Bible. And if I'm ever, and this, sorry, and this uh, book, what it is, it takes his syndicated five-minute radio show he had called Our Changing World, which he had, uh, I mean, I think like a thousand plus episodes of it, five minutes each. And it's just transcriptions of his top episodes. And there's uh, maybe 150 or 100 of his little uh, chapters in here. And each chapter is between one page and about three pages long. And so if I'm ever confused, pissed off, sad, lazy, some other non-desirable state, I will literally pick up this book, uh, open a random chapter or browse through the table of contents, which I've included a picture of here and find something and read about it. And I don't know why, but within a few minutes of reading one of these chapters, once again, each of them like between like one and three pages long, I generally have a paper and pen out and I'm jotting out the quickest solution to my problems or writing it in my phone. Or I usually get an idea and go like, oh yeah, that's, that, that's what I should do. Or that's interesting. And it's almost like this surefire way for me to feel better since it gets me thinking rationally about an issue I may have rather than just like, oh, poor me, complain, complain. I feel crappy and doing that shitty circular thinking thing that gets you nowhere. So for a $15 book I bought 15 years ago, it's just had massive returns for me. So that's why I say like this book is like my Bible. I, I said that. And about five days ago, we posted this Instagram reel about the book. And uh, where I said, this book is like my Bible. And I watched the price go from $20 when we posted it to $150 the next day to $200 to, uh, you know, whatever it is now. And so I think it's a combination of enough people wanting to buy an original copy. And this book hasn't been printed since, pff, I don't know, 1971 or something. There's also a very limited supply of these original copies. And it's not like this is a super popular book that a lot of people buy and sell. So there's not a lot of inventory. So every time we talk about it, and I mean, I bet like 20 people buy the book uh, on Amazon, the price spikes up to $200 or, or up to $450 is what I've seen in the past.
So I personally have an affinity for this book because it was one of my most referenced books of the last two decades. I've brought it on planes and all sorts of stuff. And Earl Nightingale just has so much wisdom that sometimes very tough to swallow and very matter of fact. And I personally respond to advice like this. Um, I know it's been a little bit more passe in the recent years to soften the blow or be nicer about advice, but I personally don't resonate with that. I want someone to tell me, you're fat and you look gross and if you work out, you're going to look good. That's the kind of motivation for some reason I enjoy. And so I found all these like little nuggets of wisdom and I'm going to read a couple here. So this one's tough to swallow sometimes. Your total environment is an exact and merciless mirror of you as a human being. Oof, that is so rough, but it says like, look around you. Is your environment crappy? Is it good? Well, take responsibility for it because that is what you've created. Now, I know there's probably a lot of holes in that and stuff like that. Maybe you were born into some bad situation or something along those lines. But at the same time, if you really want, if you'd really look around you and say, I hate this environment, you can probably change it. Uh, Here's another one. The amount of money a person receives will always be in direct proportion to the demand for what he does, his ability to do what he does, and the difficulty of replacing him. I wrote about this before where it's like the reason that a janitor is considered a low-paying job is because most people in the world can do the job of a janitor. And very few people can do the job of a brain surgeon. And that's why the brain surgeon gets paid so much more and is in high demand. And also the skill he has, if you need a brain surgery, you 100% want a good brain surgeon. Whereas a janitor, you can get a 75% good janitor to do the job. And so uh, that's another one of those things that's like, oof, it's, it's not like nice advice, I would say, but it is harsh and true. Um, here's a, here's a cool one. I like a happy plumber makes a greater contribution to the world than a miserable university professor. I will totally agree with this. Um, I've had an AC guy that one time was just so excited about like AC units. He kind of helped me over the phone diagnose and solve the AC problem I had. And he didn't even charge me. And I was like, I'm just going to pay you for your whole hour. I mean, they're like, like you really helped me out of a jam and, um, you did it. Like I watched all these videos. I couldn't fix it. And you know, two minutes on the phone with you you knew what was going on. So I paid him for it. And I just remember like that guy made me so happy. And I've had, you know, professors that hated being professors just had to do it. And they made your life miserable. And I feel like almost subtracted in a way. And here's another one I really like. We become what we think about. People who think about becoming lawyers become lawyers. A bad environment makes you think bad thoughts. A beautiful environment makes you think beautiful thoughts. I think this is a really interesting thing. And it makes me strive to create a beautiful environment for myself and others. Anyways, here's something else uh, on a totally different note that's interesting. Can you simply describe your own product or service with this particular framework? It's feature, benefit, experience. Here's an example. Feature, uh, sun cream, okay? So the, the feature is like, that's the product, sun cream. The benefit is no sunburn. And the experience is a burn-free summer. So the reason I like this is just kind of really simplifies what your product what your service is. Sometimes, I mean, as a copywriter, obviously people come to us all the time asking to help describe their product. And they'll they'll give me a whole spiel of like, here's why it's really hard to understand, da-da-da. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can understand that really easily if you just put less words in it. (laughs) So here's another one. A blackjack guide. Benefit. Win more money than your friends. The experience, bragging rights from your weekend in Vegas. I'm just reading out, actually, these aren't my examples. Um, These specific ones are from Twitter. Uh, Example number three, QMS building framework. Benefit, connect, organize, and visualize your QMS data. 
experience, faster quality management decision-making than your competitors. So uh, there's a couple other examples if you wanna look at. So write your product or service out like this and reply to this email with your answers if you want. Uh, the feature, the benefit, and the experience that the customer will have. It's a really great way to just kind of nice and tidily wrap up what your product or service does. Here's a, uh, a picture. So uh, I've been very resistant to these like shorts, you know, YouTube shorts, TikTok videos, Instagram videos for a while. We tried making them ourselves and they were really hard, but finally, you know, we hired an agency and I'm not gonna deny some of these results. Um, this one, the, the most popular one had 329,000 uh, views at the time of this on Instagram. Uh, one had 317,000 views, one was 75,000, one was 22,000, and a couple of them, you know, really flopped. They got a thousand views. And on TikTok, um, I shared my numbers in last week's swipe email after one week of posting. TikTok was by far a worst uh, category, but then we had one pop with I think 12 or 15,000 views now. So I don't know how inflated these numbers are. I feel like if someone even loads up one of these, it counts as a view. So I don't know, I watch a lot of short videos on Instagram and stuff like that. I don't know how much I pay attention. I don't know if I ever even clicked them. What do they do? I don't know, but I'm gonna keep trying the experiment. I'll report back in about a month of posting. I think we've done it for about a little over a week now, almost two weeks. Here's a little uh, essay. So I'm currently thinking through my 2023 goals. It's December now, and perhaps some month-long experiment ideas for 2023 plus their desired results. Example. So uh, here's one I, I thought would be really cool, which is observe the Sabbath, which is a Jewish holiday. However, the, no religious connotation. I don't know what Sabbath means. Uh, I don't particularly like, I'm not interested in that side of it. I would want to pick a day of the week to use little to no technology, which is what Sabbath is. Uh, a lot of Jewish people will take a very orthodox one. I believe it's Saturday and they'll just use no technology. And it's kind of funny because like a lot of Jewish people will hire people to like do stuff for them because they can't use technology, but they'll hire someone else to do it for them. Or there's these funny stories about like uh, in Israel, there'll be elevators that stop on every single floor because the Jewish people are not allowed on Sabbath to press the button and use technology. Um, so there's all these like little hack arounds and everything. But the reason I, I like this idea is because of disconnecting. So the result I would want from observing Sabbath is not to just observe Sabbath blindly and just do that, but I would hope to read more, disconnect just enough, regain long focus periods without getting distraction, without distraction of fun technology, like your phone and Apple TV and all that stuff. So obviously, blah, 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 social media, bad to some degree because we pay too much attention, cheap dopamine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so the, re the result I would be looking for for observing Sabbath would be to have like this period of time where there's no technology. I have to be bored. I just put my phone away on notification mode, some other room, I can't even touch it. Uh, maybe even turn off my internet, like my actual internet connection. Unfortunately, my whole house runs on Wi-Fi, so like even my light bulbs and everything. So I, what I would do is turn off the box to my uh, uh, internet fiber, and so the, the router would still work and all my lights would work, but the internet would not work. I could do that. If I didn't have my phone, I'd have no internet. So this would make sure that I'm reading or doing something physical and I wouldn't be able to use my laptop. So I'm not saying that technology is bad. I'm just saying I would like to get some more regain focus periods of time. So if I did a month of Sabbath, I bet what I would learn is like, I wonder if I just do two hours of focused work a day off the computer or something like that, just reading anything. And I think that would be the results I would hope to get out of it. Um, another one would be a sober month, no drinking, no nothing, maybe caffeine, you know, as, as the only drug. Um, and the results would be just to make sure you could do it. Like I always tell myself, like, I could totally do that. But then like, 
you know, I don't, and I don't really drink all that much, um, as, as I've got older, but it's like, I still have a drink now and then. So there's no way to escape. It's reduced calories. If you're not drinking a lot, uh, I think potentially sleeping a lot better. So that would be something I'm semi-interested, but I've done this a lot of times before. So I'm kind of like so-so on this, but it'd be fun to just do it just to do it with a bunch of friends. Another one that I'm very interested in is a calorie restriction month. So nothing crazy. I just like, I'm trying to lose the last three, four, five, maybe five pounds. I didn't think I need lose that much, but, um, I want to set a strict calorie cutoff for each day. And that's 2,100 calories for workout days and 1500 calories for non-workout days. This may vary based on your height, weight, sex, gender activity level. So, you know, this is just mine and 2,100 calories for workout days. I've noticed if I eat very well, I'm very well satiated. I'm not hungry at all. And I go into a calorie deficit, but I have to be very careful with what I eat. Cause on a day that I work out, I want to eat a lot. So if I'm eating a lot of rice and pasta and stuff like that, um, that that's a big meal. And I go over my calories very easy. So I have to make sure I'm eating like steak, uh, potatoes, maybe some brown rice, a lot of veggies to make that 2,100 calories count. And if I don't work out 1500 calories, is not a lot for me throughout the day. So I have to be eating very well, a lot of veggies and stuff. Otherwise, if I eat a big Mac in the morning and, and spend 1200 calories on that, I've got 300 calories to eat for dinner and I'm going to be super starving. Right? So I have to make sure I budget those calories very, very well. So the result of that one calorie restriction month would be just at those numbers, I guarantee go into a calorie deficit each day. And that forces me to make good food choices and has a high penalty for poor choices. So, you know, if I eat 1500 calories on a non-workout day in ice cream and junk, then I'm going to just go to bed hungry. So and I don't want that. So um, I think that might be something I'll do. Now, I've tried many of these kind of like, you know, month-long experiments. I used to do a lot of these in my 20s and 30s. And usually I find some small action to get the desired result faster without doing a whole month of the same thing. So ideas, I'm not 100% sure I need a full month, but do seem interesting. And I'd like to get to the kernel of truth or the result behind them. Uh, one would be an everyday writing habit month. I've tried this many times. Uh, number two, uh, and also I pretty much do write every day already, so I'm not... I guess I just already naturally do that by the, my profession. Um, number two is a wake up really early month. And that's like waking up at 5 a.m. I've done this in the past and my idea, my thought on it is like, it's fine. It just doesn't jive with my social calendar as much. And then one, one day, if I have kids, um, I will naturally be waking up very early anyway. So I'll do it then. <laughs> um, morning, evening, stretching month. Uh, I do like stretching and feel like you know, when I feel good, I kind of get away from it. So I would like to create a morning and evening habit, much like I brush my teeth and floss my teeth. Um, or maybe, ooh, I just got an idea. What if I brush and floss my teeth and stretch at the same time? Oh my God, that's such a good idea. Um, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> and then uh, how about this? Uh, track all your time for a month. I'm curious like what I do all day. I have no idea. I think I just waste a lot of time. I bet I work three hours a day sometimes. I think there's days I, I don't work at all, which is, which is totally true. And then some days it's in between. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I do all day. So I'd like to maybe track my time with one of those software apps. And then another one I, I think I'd like to do, because I've done this a week at a time twice now, is no added sugar month. And I did this before, and I already eat pretty clean as of this year. So it wasn't super hard, but there were things like certain cheeses I didn't realize had added sugar in them. 
And it really, really limits your options when snacking. So, I mean, I used to go to the gas station, walk by and see a gas station or a little bodega and stop by and grab a little something. But everything has added sugar. I'm not talking about fruit or anything. I mean, like uh, candy bars, protein bars, protein powders, everything I realized has added sugar. So it's very difficult to snack if you're doing no added sugar, except on pretty healthy stuff. And honestly, um, I felt great those months and it, it, it naturally like limited alcohol. It naturally limited junk, chocolate, whatever, all that kind of stuff. So I might do it no sugar month. That could be cool. So I really like this blog post, um, that this guy made. Uh, there's a, there's a link to it. Uh, and it's called the raptitude.com. And there's a blog post, uh, much in the fashion of how I documented these, where it shows the experiment and then the results that he got from 21 different experiments. So if you want any ideas, I would suggest that blog post. I think he did a much better job than I did. Anyways, do you have any month-long experiments you'll be doing in 2023? Let me know. Or if you have suggestions, I'd love to know. And then finally, we got a sketch over here. So um, the sketch is about copy work. So copy work is a copywriting exercise where you basically hand copy ads, like with a pen and paper, to learn how they were written. So when you learn piano, what you do is you first copy other songs. Like you're not writing your first piano song before you can play piano. You first learn Beethoven, Bach, whatever. And then later, you can create your own songs when you're good. So it's a similar concept with copy. You first copy famous pieces. You first copy famous blog posts, uh, popular ads. And then later, once you get good at them and see how they're structured, you can create your own. So for example, here's a world famous Volkswagen ad that says lemon on it, which is like, wait, you're calling your own car a lemon, which is a derogatory term for a car kind of. And uh, it means it's a piece of junk, but then it goes on to explain that it's not a piece of junk because it's so well, uh, the, the manufacturing process is so rigorous, there's no lemons. So here's a copywriting course students copy work for that popular Volkswagen ad. Uh, you can only click this link if you're a member, by the way. Uh, otherwise, I'll show an error. And uh, it says the lemon ad. And then he drew, this guy grew it on graph paper and wrote it out. And I just thought it actually looked really cool. And here's another student's rendition of it. And it's like <laughs> they drew the, the, the Volkswagen bus. It looks more like a Volkswagen bus. And I think that's what they were going for. And then another person did it. And you can just see the people drawing out the Volkswagen uh, Beetle and then writing the ad out. And what you get out of that is learning what images are captivating. And all these people could draw pretty well. I'm pretty surprised. And then also uh, writing out in David Ogilvie's, who wrote this, manner. Like you're copying his exact words and kind of seeing how he uses punctuation. You're actually seeing how little... Um, big words he uses. He uses very small words, like the caveman voice test totally works on his copy. It's very simple. It's very to the point. This uh, advertising campaign was funny and logical, and you start to get a sense of how that was written simply by copying these out. So if you want to practice copy work on your own, I actually have a blog post with 31 different ads to pick from that we just give you. Um, that one's free for everyone to look. So you could, you could check that out. So feel free to pick one of those ads, write it out on a sheet of paper. And if you want some uh, accountability, Reply back to the email with a photo of your copy work and I'll take a look at it. So um, do that if you want. Anyways, I really hope you enjoyed these Friday tidbits. If you want, you can join uh, the copywriting course, jump in anytime you want. I would especially say that you should do it now if you sell anything for the holidays. 
one of the, uh, we had one of our biggest Black Fridays ever, and we pre-scheduled all our emails. And that's one of the courses we have inside, showing you how to pre-schedule emails, the different types of emails you need for a sale. And that's super helpful around the holiday times because something like Black Friday or the end of the year sales come around and you're usually busy with social things. Maybe you're busy with family and friends, et cetera. And you don't want to be sitting there at your computer furiously trying to like check coupon codes if they work and test email systems and all that stuff. So it's really helpful to do all that stuff way in advance so you can do your sale well and not half-ass it and not make mistakes and also do it while you're just totally partying with your friends and family. So try that out. Join the copywriting course, copywritingcourse.com slash join. My name is Neville Medora. Follow me on Twitter at NevMed or on Instagram, Neville under dash Medora. Uh, there's a bunch of links in this email to it. So I will talk to you later.